Steve, wake up. We got to talk about our sleeper show. Oh, you're right, Joe. We got to talk about sleepers. You probably want to dominate your drafts. You're not going to want to miss out on these sleepers. Joe, let's get right to it. Hut, hut, hike. We'll kick it off here with uh, Devin A. Chain. He's our first sleeper. Currently uh, is the ADP 112 and at RB41. Now, this guy is a guy that I, uh, you know, I really like. He was an explosive player at Texas A&M. Comes in and runs a 4-3-2-40. I think he's going to be the perfect fit for the Dolphins outside zone scheme. And there's really not too much competition with that backfield. You know, you got guys like Raheem Moster, Jeff Wilson um, that's in the backfield. Don't expect them to really compete for many touches for him. You know, he rushed for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns while catching 36 passes for 196 yards on 44 targets. I know, Steve, you you know, you always say that he's small. You don't like running backs that are under 5'9". You know, he's 5'8", 188 pounds, and I get that. But, you know, he's kind of shown – he has shown that he can handle a workload. His last game against, against LSU, he had 38 carries for 215 yards and two touchdowns in that game. And ironically enough, you know, I think his – as far as fantasy, he's going to be that big play with the home run hitter – and I think we, he's going to turn out to be like the Raheem Moster we saw a few years ago, more towards in his prime with the explosive long runs for the San Francisco 49ers. Only it'll be the track meet of the Dolphins offense this year. Yeah, Devin A. Chain, he's got speed for days. So he's going to fit right in with the uh, track meet that is the Miami Dolphins. And when I was doing the projections for the Dolphins, I think the biggest question mark I had with that team is, Tyreek Hill, he's established. Jalen Waddell, he's established, right? But then what after that? Like, they didn't really use a third receiver last year. Um, they used Trent Shearfield kind of sparingly. Um, but really, other than that, they really ha- didn't use the third receiver. They have Robbie Chosen or Chosen Anderson or whatever, however you say it. Uh, so it's his a possibility, but I don't really see that happening. And then they let Mike Gusecki go. And now they got Durham Smythe. So... It can't just be all Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Someone else is going to have to step up. And A-Chain, I think he's going to be a popular player in a lot of people's drafts. All right, so my sleeper is wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, ADP 117 and wide receiver 47 in the half PPR. That's what we're going with here. Uh, now, Mac Jones last season, he averaged 31 and a half attempts. I project that he's going to have a little bit of a bump. I have a little bit more confidence in that Bill O'Brien offense uh, compared to the Joe Judge, uh, Matt Patricia disaster uh, that was last year. So I project a little bit of an increase there. So 32 and a half attempts for Mac Jones. Last season, Juju averaged around 6.3 targets a game with the Kansas City Chiefs. And in 16 games, he had 101 targets, 78 receptions, 933 yards, and three touchdowns. I think when it comes to my projections with Juju, I got him around seven targets a game. So over 17 games, uh, that would be 119 targets for 89 receptions, 908 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. That's what I'm projecting for him. If that's the case, uh, I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's going to be the number one option in that offense. They brought Juju Smith-Schuster in for a reason. Uh, Bill Belichick uh, seems to really have been liking this guy for a long time. Uh, there are some other receivers that are popping up. I think it'll be interesting to see how, you know, likes of Keishon Boutte, 
Um, sounds like he's been doing really well at camp. They've got, I believe, Demario Douglas as well. He's a, like a, a lower undrafted type of rookie, or they might have got him in the late rounds. They also have uh, Taekwon Thornton, who they drafted last year. Uh, they've got uh, <clears throat> they've got a couple guys. Um, they got Kendrick Bourne. Uh, so they've got a couple options in that offense, but I think Juju is going to be the leader in the pack. And I think this offense is going to take a step forward. So I like him as a sleeper this year. I think he definitely has wide receiver two value. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree with you there. Um, you know, interesting enough, uh, my projection for him is pretty similar, Steve. I got him with 112 targets, you know, 81 receptions, 964 yards and six touchdowns as well. So I mm. think both of us, you know, we have them both, lead, you know, him the leader at the wide receiver position for the Patriots offense. And, you know, as you mentioned, they have a legit offensive coordinator this year with a Bill O'Brien. I do expect the passing volume to increase a little bit there. And, you know, the Patriots offense just to have some better flow and maybe more of an identity and be able to move the ball better this year. Yeah, and for me, it's it's a clear difference too. I mean, the next guy I have is Devontae Parker, who I didn't mention. He has I have him getting sixty six targets, and Mike Gusecki getting seventy three targets. So I think Juju clearing away is going to get the most targets on this offense. And if he does, he's a great sleeper to have. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, as uh, projections show. So uh, the next sleeper I'll bring up here, Steve, is going to be you know Russell Wilson. He's sitting at ADP 137 and the quarterback 18. And I know he had a bad year last year. I know, you know, he didn't look good. He had career low 16 touchdowns last year. He also took a career high in sacks with 55, which I was not expecting. You know, I thought even last year the Broncos offensive line was potentially better than anything he had in Seattle. But with that being said, it was, it was bad. But I do expect – the offensive line to be better, much better this year, you know, with the acquisitions of Michael McGlinchey and Ben Powers over at guard, just being able to have Garrett Bowles back left tackle should be able to make a huge impact as well. Um, and then, you know, then now it's the coaching staff. Uh, last year, the coaching staff was just awful. Hackett had no idea what he was doing. The identity of the offense wasn't there. Now we bring in Sean Payton. He's going to have an identity. I think he's going to just be able to focus on what Russell Wilson does well. You know, last year Hackett had Russell Wilson, you know, trying to go through all these progressions that he's just simply not good at. I think Peyton takes that out, um, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for what Russell could possibly do with Sean Payton focusing on, you know, what he can do best. And I think we'll see more so – the Russell Wilson we saw with Seattle. Now I don't expect him to be fully back and, you know, a top five quarterback player, maybe not even top 10, but he's definitely better than the quarterback 18. And he's also been making major strides so far in training camp as we progress here. Yeah. And Russell Wilson has slimmed down. He's looking a lot better. And I think one of the things is I thought maybe I would expect that Sean Payton might've been more complimentary of Russell Wilson, but I think that's almost on purpose. I think Sean Payton is not specifically trying to kind of bring up so much lofty expectations because that was the last season, and then we saw what would happen. So I think the play on the field, um, honestly, he's been very neutral. He hasn't really said much as far as Russell Wilson's concerned. Um, so I agree with you. I think he's going to take a step forward. This is a guy who's forgotten right now. I think people were so spooked about what happened last year, and that's why you're seeing him at the QB 18. But I agree. I think he's at least going to be a QB 2. 
borderline QB one, uh, depending on the matchups, his offenses, I think pretty friendly for the most part, you know, you've got the likes of Judy, uh, Marvin Mims, the rookie, Cortland Sutton, Greg Dulcich, uh, you know, Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, uh, you know, beefed up offensive line, bringing in McGlinchey and Powers. So um, I think uh, he's going to do a lot better this season. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, just everything I'm hearing from camp is is uh, night and day compared to last year. You know, beginning at camp was rough, but I'm hearing he's more back to the Russell and the offense is finally scoring some touchdowns. <laughs> so my my sleeper my next sleeper is wide receiver Odo Beckham Jr. ADP 107 and wide receiver 44. OBJ is coming off an ACL injury in which he didn't play all last season. Uh, Todd Monken, the new offensive coordinator coming from Georgia, uh, we expect him to change the offense. I've even heard in camp that he really wants Lamar to understand the offense and not wear a wristband, not have to rely on that. I, I think he's still maybe using it some, but there you could tell that they really want to focus more towards passing. You know, last season, uh, Lamar averaged around 27.1 attempts a game. Um, I'm projecting a significant jump because of this, in, because of the change in philosophy. So I'm projecting him to have around 30.2 attempts per game. And so for my full projections for Odell Beckham, uh, over a 15 game season, I'm getting, I have him getting around 5.8 targets a game, totaling eight, 88 targets for 46 receptions, 584 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now, I do think that it is, I'm giving a more conservative, you know, you know, projection for him. I think it's possible that you could be even more aggressive. Uh, and it's really depending on how much does Lamar throw. I think the most Lamar has ever thrown. Uh, you know, during a course of a season was over 12 games. I want to say it was 20, uh, might've been 20, the 2020 season. Uh, you know, he, he threw over 31.8 attempts a game. Does he get into the 33, 32, 34 attempts per game? I think that's kind of a, a defeated to be determined, but if he does, then, you know, I think it's, it's, it's more than likely that Odell Beckham gets over hundred targets. So, um, I think that, uh, he's going to be definitely, a uh, red zone target for Lamar Jackson. I think he could be really good this season. I think he's worth drafting as a sleeper because um, we really don't know what to expect. I think his ceiling is definitely there. My projections are a little conservative, but even with those conservative projections, will be worthwhile having him. Yeah, definitely. I, I think your conservative projections are definitely justified, right? I mean, we haven't seen this guy uh, play football in a while since he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl with the Rams against the Bengals there. Um, so it's curious to see, you know, how he's going to look. I know the passing volume in this Ravens offense definitely should be there, as you mentioned, with Monkton coming over and definitely increasing the passing volume from years past. Um, question will be, I think, uh, how many games does he end up playing and is he going to be able to stay on the field? And I think if he's able to stay healthy, you know, you're, to your conservative projections, I, you know, he's definitely worth a late round flyer, even if he's close, somewhat close to being what Odell Beckham used to be. Yeah, it's a great question. That's why I had him at 15 games. I think he is going to miss at least a game or two. Um, he could miss even more. He could miss up to 10 games. Uh, so, you know, it, it's yeah. really hard to, it's really hard to say. Yeah. But I mean, at the point that you were talking about drafting him here, I, you know, at that point you're just trying to take flyers anyways. And, there's no solid wide receiver one in that Ravens offense. He definitely could be the guy. You know, I, I like Zay Flowers, so also be that guy. So it's kind of a wait-and-see approach here. All right, Steve, my third and final sleeper here is what 
Quentin Johnston. His ADP is 121, and he's the wide receiver 48. Uh, the main reason why I like him is I don't trust Mike Williams to stay healthy. As as he's shown year in, year out, he just can't stay on the field. You know, he's that down-the-field threat uh, that this offense, you know, really needs, and uh, it showed when he wasn't available last year. With me not trusting Mike Williams to stay healthy, I expect that Quentin Johnson will be able to take over as the wide receiver too sooner rather than later, which I think is a big deal for him. And I trust Kellen Moore will be able to create some space in this offense, and there will be big plays for Quentin Johnson to make um, alongside of Keenan Allen. Last year, Quentin Johnson ranked sixth in yards after catch per reception and 11th in missed tackles forced. And that's with a minimum 50 targets, according to PFF. You know, I, his his upside sitting right now at the wide receiver, you know, 48 and half point PPR, as you mentioned earlier, Steve. You know, I definitely don't think it should be ignored uh, for what should be a very high volume passing offense. And I think he could have, you know, for him to really take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Quentin Johnson has been a a riser for me throughout this whole you know dynasty process from the point he you know during the pre draft process to when he was drafted with the Chargers and then you know as we've evaluated him since, uh, I just he skyrocketed for me. I, I'm with you. I've been a Mike Williams fan. You know that he's been a guy I've targeted for years. Guy just can't stay healthy, and I think they basically got a more uh, younger, healthier version. Uh, with Quentin Johnston, um, he's you know, you know, he's making dazzling catches at training camp. Who knows how you know important that is? But for me, it's passing the eye test at least to see him being involved. Uh, I think that he's going to take that step forward. Keenan Allen is, I believe, a free agent this season, uh, or, or you know, they were thinking about cutting him anyways as a cap casualty because of how constrained they are with the cap. So. Uh, you know, look for Quentin Johnson to really, if nothing else, maybe towards the end of the season to really start making that jump. And then almost the passing of the baton, I think, is going to happen because, Joe, we talked about this some, you know, even the likes of Justin Jefferson in his rookie season, it started off so slow. So many people by week six, week seven decided to drop him, and then they regretted it because all of a sudden after that, he just, you know, he just shot up. So even if you do draft Quentin Johnston and he doesn't return right away, I really recommend that you stash him on your uh, your bench because I think, um, at, you know, after he gets towards like the midway point, I think he could really uh, just jump jump off the page. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good point for any of these rookie wide receivers, right? I think people are excited about Quentin Johnston, you know, Zay Flowers, you know, Addison in Minnesota. It, it just could take a few weeks, you know, take the wait-and-see approach, and it, it could pay dividends for you in the back end. So my final sleeper is tight end Chigazim Okonkwo, ADP 119 and tight end 11. You know, I really like Chig. Uh, last season in his rookie year, he averaged 2.7 targets. Uh, for a total of 46 total targets. Uh, Ryan Tannehill last season, he only averaged 27 passing attempts. It was a really bad season. He was nicked up with injuries. Uh, and then when Malik Willis was in, um, they just didn't really throw the ball. They just didn't really trust him. And I think they had Josh Dobbs, I think, for a game or two as well. So um, if Ryan Tannehill comes back um, and he plays a full season, I expect um, his attempts – um, you know, to be a lot greater than 27, possibly in that 31, 32 attempt range. So as a result, there's going to be more targets around. Uh, in 17 games last season, uh, Chig had 
46 targets, 32 receptions, 450 yards, and three touchdowns. And, and needless to say, I thought this was actually kind of interesting. I was surprised by this. Austin Hooper, who to me was kind of like a nobody last year, in 17 games last year, he had 60 targets. So those 60 targets are now vacated. Uh, so to me, I'm projecting Chig uh, to average at least 4.3 targets a game over a 17-game span, uh, which would get him 73 targets, 48 receptions, 619 yards, and five touchdowns. But, Joe, honestly, like that might be conservative. I mean, if you're talking about he had 46 targets last year, Tannehill, I think, is going to make a jump from 27 to around 31, 32 attempts. So you're talking about a possible additional four or five passing attempts a game. And Austin Hooper's 60 targets are gone. So I know they've got DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, I think Chigazim Okonko could be really good, and you don't want to be sleeping on him. You've got to be targeting him late in your drafts. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chig is definitely one of the tight ends I love to target at the end of the drafts right now. I mean, uh, he's up there with guys like, Greg Dulcich, another guy I like to target, you know, Fryer Muth as well. Um, those are kind of my three younger tight ends that I like to kind of take flyers on um, and have them in drafts. And I'm definitely targeting them as well. He's just super athletic. I want to, I don't know his, um, you know, RIS <laughs> athletic score off the top of my head, but I, I know that he's a big body guy, really, really quick mover, uh, you know, very athletic. I think he could do really well. Yeah, you know, you bring up the the Hooper aspect and the 60 vacated targets. You know, I was actually surprised when you said that as well. Um, I had no idea that he had that that many targets in the offense and was kind of a bigger part than, you know, fantasy would really tell you he was. I know I was shocked when I saw that number. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, like where are those targets going to go? A lot of them will go to Hopkins. Burks, if he stays healthy, he'll do better. But like I said, Tannehill did not have a really good season last year, so I expect it to be a lot better. Yeah, Tannehill didn't, and he also got hurt. So, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with this Titans offense if they can stay healthy. You know, like you mentioned, Traylon Burks is a guy that I'm, you know, interested in as well. Um, I know some people are down on him at, now that Hopkins is there, but I still think he's got his opportunities, you know, to get his and be a part of this offense as well. So for those who watch this video, we're putting you on notice. Don't miss out on these sleepers. We gave you six. If you enjoyed this video, we're a new channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. We got a ton of videos planned. We're going to be talking about breakouts, busts, are my guys as well. You're not going to want to miss out as you prepare for your drafts. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time.